Hey guys, it's Tim. Some of you guys may know me as the Trivia Guy. But uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Issue. Check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy it, tell a friend. You know, spread it around. If not, not a huge deal. Just don't listen again. Uh, we appreciate you guys stopping by, though, and, uh, and checking us out. But be sure to also check out the social media outlets. We have Twitter, at The Issue Podcast, and our Instagram, at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Thursday, January 14th, and it is a great day in Pittsburgh to be a Steelers fan. Uh, Randy Feekner is gone. Yeah, if we could take a silver lining, that would be it. Feekner gone. Urban hired, not obviously for the Steelers, but you know we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, some more Deshaun Watson news. We're gonna talk about where he could land, if he's gonna go anywhere. First of all, I, he might not go anywhere, but we're saying if he does, yeah, we'll rank where he think we think he would fit best. We'll right. well, into, what do we got? Uh, like eight teams on that list or something? Yeah, I think nine actually. Yeah, nine teams. Nine teams that we think right now could use a quarterback. And that are, and there's probably you know, a couple more. Like we didn't even include a team like Atlanta with Matt Ryan. You never know what's going to happen there, right? Um, but, so we included so we we left out some teams, but dude, I feel like those are the nine teams that right now need a quarterback right. that aren't next in line to draft one, like a uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. But and then we'll talk about. I, I personally want to talk a little bit about NBA, yeah, and because then, some crazy stuff's going down right now. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, the whole thing's a mess. Um, and then uh, we'll get into our predictions for what the, the divisional round. Yeah, the divisional round already. Only eight teams remaining, four games to predict. Um, so we could go 500 this week. We've been above 500 every, pretty much every week, I think, since we started doing our like quote-unquote locks of the week. Right. Obviously, we don't have enough games to give locks of the week, but we're still predicting the games we have. Yeah, I mean, we did pretty good last week, yeah, above we, we, 500. We each so. went four and three, so, yeah. I mean, including the um, the Natty game, the national championship game. So. Right. Um. So let's just get right into it here. Feekner is gone. Um, the offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner, was that? I think it was after three or four years? Yeah, since 2018 after Todd Haley. Okay, so he had been 19, only two years with him? I guess, two or three. One of the two. I, I think he started in 2018. Yeah. yeah. Either way, two or three years. He was, um, it seemed to me like he was a bit over his head, you know what I mean? It yeah. seemed like the, the play calls were a little bit elementary, if you will. It, it almost looked... You know, like the Pine Richland, our, uh, our local high school football team, a lot of slants, a lot of screens, a lot of tunnel screens, bubble screens, draws, you know? Yeah. Just very, very simple things. And I think um, I think we have too much talent. There's so much talent to be unlocked that I'm not sure he was the right fit here. And, and I don't think our weapons, and Ben included, were kind of the right pieces to fit that type of offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think, look. Ben, even though he's aging, people say, oh, his arm this, his arm that. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think he can gun it a little bit. He, I mean, he showed, he dropped back, what, 68 times in the wild card game? Yeah. And even at the end of the game there, he was still making some, you know, good-looking throws. I don't think his arm was the problem. Uh, I, th- I think the, the problem with Ben is just lack of mobility, but I don't think the arm was ever an issue. No. So I think if we would get a, uh, a younger, clever um, offensive coordinator in there, you, you never know what could happen. Right. Um, also, this Randy Feekner firing, I, I don't know. I think this could point to a possible 
quarterback change. I, I think this might be some writing on the wall that Ben might not be coming back. You know, you're not going to take a guy that would be 39 years old next year and put him into a new offensive system with a new coordinator. And I'm thinking when the new coordinator gets here, not that he has much say in what Ben does. Look, he's new. Ben's been here for, what, 18 years? But yeah. I'm thinking there's probably a sense of, look, start fresh. New coordinator. New you know, got a lot of young guys. Maybe start start kind of fresh. Look, there's going to be so much. I mean, we listed all those teams just for Deshaun Watson. Those nine teams that most likely need a quarterback or have been discussed in trade talks with Already. Deshaun Watson, like Miami. Yeah. Because they don't really need a quarterback, but they've been discussed. It's been thrown around. That doesn't even include teams like, here, let's just, let's just pull, up, let's pull up the teams real quick. So we had nine teams. I think there is a possibility for 12 teams, which is a lot. That's almost half the league. Yeah, that's a lot of teams. That could that's, that's about a third of the league, a little bit over a third of the league. So NFL standings here. Let's see. what. Let's just go through the NFL and see how many teams could possibly need a quarterback, which would upend 12 starting quarterbacks. Yeah, there could be a lot of change this, so we uh, got this coming season. The Dolphins, maybe. The Patriots... Jets, that's three. The Raiders, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved off Derek Carr. How about the Broncos? The Drew Locke, they just went 5-11 and 11 with them. Yeah. Right there, that's five teams. Um, Colts with an aging Phillip Rivers. He only signed a one-year deal. He talked about retirement. They could probably use a quarterback. That's six. Mm-hmm. The Texans, that's a quarterback controversy. That's seven. The Jags are going to get Lawrence, so I'm not even going to count them. Washington needs a quarterback. Um, the Eagles, you have no idea what's happening there. Yeah. No. That whole situation with Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. You know. 49ers probably not going back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's 10 teams right there. L.A. doesn't seem like they're very satisfied with Jared Goff. Who knows? That's a maybe 11. Bears, you have no idea what they're doing with Trubisky. That's 12. Lions could could probably use a fresh start. That's 13. And uh, the Panthers, look, they went 5-11 and with Teddy Ridgewater. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved off of him. And then the Falcons went 4-12 and with Matt Ryan. That's like 14-ish teams that I wouldn't be surprised if they changed their quarterback. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be massive quarterback movement. This is going to be a fun offseason to cover. You know? is. Uh, you know, with all the trades that are going to happen. And even, I know we've talked about doing a mock draft after the season ends. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we get to finalize, you know, who's going to draft where, who could fall to who. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, a lot of change at the quarterback position specifically. Uh, I know I saw a mock draft for the Steelers already. Um, yeah, it has them taking two offensive linemen, and then um, Trey Sermon in the third round is the one I saw. And then I think a I think a DB, and then a, a wide out in the fifth. And I think an edge rusher in the sixth and something like that. Yeah, from like Coastal, that. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's getting, it's getting to the point now where you can start looking through you know, college football and, and who's going to be in the draft and and just starting to make some more educated picks now that we have, you know, oh, more absolutely. finalized picking order. But, yeah, anyway, back to the back to the Fichter thing. I think it's good that they fired him. And like we were saying, this this kind of how we segued here, we're saying that they could use a fresh start. And my point was that there's about 13 teams that I wouldn't be surprised they moved off their quarterback. I don't think all 13 will. Mm-hmm. But, like, at eight or nine teams – could have a new quarterback next year, and that means guys like Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, um, Carson Wentz might be on the market. That's a, that's a lot of that's, that's a lot of talent. That, there's a lot. Who out knows there. what Jameis Winston's going to do next year? 
You know? Yeah. Because what if they get the job to, to Taysom Hill? You think Jameis is going to stick around? Probably not. No, he's going to want a starting job, probably. Probably. Especially with all this movement, he probably could get a starting job. Look, I'm not a fan of Trubisky, but who knows? He might be gone. He might be a nice rental quarterback. Even Teddy Bridgewater for a year or two. Just to bridge the terrible. gap, you know? So there's a lot of a lot of guys. That, even Jimmy Garoppolo for a year or two. Like, there's a lot of guys out there Yeah. that could make it work. I don't know. It could be interesting. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, so we're also now one for one on our coaching carousel predictions. Yep. Yep. One for one. So we said that uh, Urban Meyer not only fit best, would, but that was our prediction. A couple of these are just mostly just we think that they fit best. I'm, I don't think the Eagles are going to hire Jason Garrett, but I think he would fit best there. Yeah. You know, I, th- I don't know if the Chargers are going to hire Brian Dayball. They should. He should pick there. But that's like, that's our, that's our what we think would fit best. But Urban Meyer, that was a 100% prediction. We are one for one. He is now hired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Um, Let's see what the actual contract is here. I think he's going to do really well there. You know, you says the contract. I know he was asking for 12 million. Um, So they've hired him as their next head coach. He's only 56. So he's got, uh, he's not, not old. Yeah. You know, he's got time. And uh, I, I like it. I like it. And here's why. He knows personnel probably better than almost anyone, first off. Mm-hmm. He's going to get Trevor Lawrence right off the rip, so he's going to have his quarterback dude, done. Done. Right. He once said, quote, Trevor Lawrence is the best college quarterback I've ever seen. So they already have a, a positive vibe going into that. And look, Jacksonville, does it ever seem like they have a real passionate fan base? No. Or like they're the most exciting franchise? More apathetic. I mean that that that's a shock of uh, excitement there. Yeah, um, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding me? If you if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars, if you live in the area and you're not excited about that, and you're not a Jacksonville Jaguars fan now, what are you doing? Get on board now. Might as well get on board now. They just went one and fifteen. Right now's your time to do it. Yeah. Um, another thing, and why I think Urban Meyer would fit well there is, look, I mean Jacksonville has struggled. They have struggled with drafting and, and finding the right pieces. Now, you bring in a guy like Urban Meyer who had so much success at the college level. He knows, he knows what to look for in these. He knows how to evaluate it. Right. He knows how to evaluate these prospects probably better than most head coaches in the league. Um, you know, he's been in the college system. He's played in the Big Ten against some of the best competition. And then, obviously, you know, once they get later into the season, he sees a lot of SEC teams and teams down the stretch. He knows what to look for. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good, too, because there's a lot of really young talent on that team. You look at a guy like Josh Allen from Kentucky, the edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, they drafted with Clavon Chison or Chason from um, LSU. He's a good edge rusher. They have uh, C.J. Henderson on the back end. He's a DB from Florida. I think he's going into his second year or third year now. Um, LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver from Colorado they just drafted. How about the undrafted? Rookie James Robinson in the backfield. You're going to have Lawrence. There's a lot of young guys. Yeah. And, you know, he's been coaching young college type players forever and so i i I think it'll fit well there i think it's a good fit for jacksonville it's a good it's a good day overall for jacksonville i think so fans Um, should be waking up this morning feeling pretty good um about about their franchise's future yeah at least for the next 10 years or so yeah it should be um like you said it's Good news for a fan base that's not that into their team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they've been playing the most games overseas now for like three years. You know, the NFL's been like in London and in yeah. Mexico City. They've played the most of those games because 
you know, they don't really have that many fans in their home city, so the NFL's just like, yeah, screw it, go overseas to play. You know? Yeah, it's like not like, you know, that's not the fan base that would be mad about losing a home game. You know, you take a team like the Steelers and say, hey, go play in London, and that, you, you know. You get some, so a lot of. Uh, pushback. Yeah, a lot of blowback for that. But um, let's get into our. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, top places where he could land. Number one on the list is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, and here's why. Look, they're, they don't have that much cap space this year, but that's also because Ben signed for next year. Mm-hmm. So, if you rework that, cut that, somehow you know, figure out that situation, boom, you're freed up. Right. Cam Hayward was talking about retiring. That would free up a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Marquise Pouncey was talking about retiring. Those were three of our top five paid guys. Yep, and that frees and up. So, if we could free up, I think Pouncey's probably gone. Hayward, I don't know, but you could even include him in a trade package. Not that many people would want him because he's a little bit older, but you could cut him. He also said that he would be willing to take, uh, you know, a reworked contract and take pay cuts so that he could retire a Steeler. So if he's not ready that would this be year, perfect, right? Um, and then I don't know what you do with the Ben contract because I'm not sure you could just cut him. That'd be some dead money. Rework it, rework it, and have him sit on the bench, be a number two. I don't think he'd do that. I think he would retire um, at that point. Yeah. Maybe someone goes to him and just says, hey, man, we're going to go out, we're going to get the future, retire, become a backup. You know, we've been giving you, we've given you talent for years on end. And you've done and we've won three playoff games in ten years. Against three really, really bad quarterbacks. quarterbacks. A.J. McCarron, Alex Smith, and Matt Moore. Yeah, I mean. And you've lost to guys like Blake Bortles, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Et cetera. And, and et couldn't cetera. beat Tom Brady and couldn't beat the Patriots when it mattered. And so it's like, look, we respect everything you've done for this city, but it, it's time. You know, the, the time has come where we got to move on. And so you tell them, hey, retire. Pouncey thinks about retiring. Hayward reworks his contract. You have cap space. And then the real reason I think it works is because new coordinator, new quarterback. Yep. Star quarterback can extend the play, which clearly right now the dink and dunk's not working. So let's get a quarterback who has a throws a beautiful deep ball. Can extend the play, get it to those young wideouts, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Even you could even trade one of them, right? And then you have to. You're telling me the Texans wouldn't love to have Juju in that? I mean, I like Juju, but come on, if I had to part ways with one of them, it's either him or Deontay Johnson. I'd rather part ways with Juju. I think Um, at this point, I would too. And the other thing is, and why Pittsburgh would be such a good fit. He's coming into a city where, you know, the defense is already solved. You know, we already have one of the top defenses in the league. Um, and, and then if you get a guy like Deshaun through a trade like that, well, then that opens up your options. Now all you have to do in the draft, draft two offensive linemen. Now you have a really, really solid offensive line for him to play behind. And then you go out, you get a running back. You don't really need any other pieces other than that. Maybe a tight end. But See, the issue is we would have to settle for like a second round um, offensive lineman, so I'm not sure we would have the draft capital to build like a fortress like that because we'd have to give up probably two firsts, Juju, maybe a defensive piece, and, and like a, and, the, and a couple thirds. So you wouldn't have necessarily a first round pick, but there's a pretty deep offensive lineman draft. You would be able to maybe go out and get, you know, a second round lineman that wouldn't be too bad. You'd plug and play him. Yeah. Um, I- Pittsburgh, I think, would be the best fit. Okay, number two on the list is the Miami Dolphins, right? 
How about the Patriots? Oh, the Patriots are number two. That's my bad. So I'm going to say the Patriots now because, look, Deshaun's clearly upset with the lack of stability in Houston, the lack of a of a strong coach, strong owner, you know, a, a good culture. Any sort of GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any, like, good GM. Um, I think it's clear. Plus, Nick Casario, the, the GM that they just hired in Houston, was hired from the Patriots. So, and I think that their their VP of football operations or something like that came from the Patriots as well. So those two organizations work well together. Be easy to make a trade there. Um, and like I said, just stability. Really good coach. Solid defense. No matter what talent they have on defense, always a good defense. And they lack a playmaking piece on the offense. They're just very slow and, and almost boring on offense. Yeah. You had Deshaun Watson, boom, done. You're good. Mm-hmm. And then you get the stability with a Bill Belichick team. Yep. And they have tons of draft capital, mm-hmm. tons of picks. Right, because they, you know. So many picks that they can move. So many picks. And if you throw an extra pick in there, grab a guy like, I don't know, Will Fuller in the trade too. Yeah. Will Fuller was discussed in trade talks this past year. Who says if you throw him an extra first or throw him an extra second round pick, they wouldn't throw Will Fuller in there too. Really clean house, start fresh, get a lot more picks, and just start building. Who knows? He could get a top receiver. Well, a solid B plus receiver. Great coach, great defense, great stability, really good offensive line, solid backfield. James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. That's a good trio. And we know how great Belichick is at building a team. You know. Oh yeah. We're just taking talent yeah. and just. Somehow he, forcing it into the same city. Yeah, I'll say he's not the best at drafting. You know, they haven't drafted a, a skill player pro bowler since Gronk. But he can take a guy like, I don't know, Chris Hogan, make him a a, a viable target. Yeah, a guy that so, played college lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then third on the list, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, see, they don't really need a quarterback. I mean, it depends how what you think of Tua. Personally, I'm not a huge Tua fan. I He's just not – he doesn't have anything, like, going for him, really. He doesn't have, like, the, the, the one factor. factor that sets him apart. Even Josh Allen, you could say he's inaccurate. Either, but in his first two or three years, he was inaccurate, this, that. Okay, he's 6'5", 240 with a rocket arm and runs, like, a four five forty. Yeah. Like, you can just figure out the rest, which right. is exactly what Brian Dable and Sean McDermott did. He's accurate now. Well, now after development, he's accurate. He he can move. He can run the offense. And just he's, how, he's the whole package and now. How well he is in the pocket. Oh, just like it, phenomenal. Just pocket awareness. And he's so come he, a long way. He's got that one thing that sets him apart. Lamar has it. Um, Kyler Murray has it. Mahomes. Herbert. It took Herbert what? Like four games for us to yeah. say that dude's got it. Three to four games. That's Two, it. it's nine games, and I'm like, ah. still Joe, haven't seen it yet. Joe Burrow, week week three, I was like, oh, he's going to be a pretty good starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's like, if, I was like, if they could put peace around him, he's a good starting quarterback. If he had any, you know, any type of offensive line, he would be really good. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's it's fairly clear that he just doesn't have that one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even yeah. Lamar. You could complain that he doesn't throw the ball particularly well. He runs like no other human on earth can run. Mm-hmm. He does something that zero people on earth can do. So he, he's got that one special factor. And another thing I was, you know, listening to and, and hearing from Colin Coward, 
Look, how many Alabama quarterbacks have worked out in the NFL? Zero. Zero. AJ McCarron's a backup. Mm-hmm. Greg McElroy, I don't even know if he played at all. Right. Blake I, Sims, don't off the face of the earth. Could even look this year. Mac Jones. Do you think he's going to be good? Nope. No. He's. I think he's going to be a first round pick just because people think he's going to pop. And he does make some good anticipatory throws, but I'm not sure he's like a Pro Bowl level quarterback. Right. And I, I think mean, he's a very like. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill prospect. You he know what was I mean? a, he average was a at best. Three star recruit coming into Alabama. They put him behind an absolute fortress of an offensive line. He never has to worry about getting hit. And also, he's throwing to NFL receivers day one. He he's making wide. He's throwing to wide open receivers. Oh, there's all no the one, time. There's no within like. They had, look, look, you think in the NFL that tough Borland the. Middle linebacker is going to be guarding Devonte Smith no. in the NFL. You think that's going to, how that's going to work? No, nope. no. So I don't know. All right, how about we go to the 49ers, fourth on this list? Okay. Um, Here's why it could work: really good defense, strong running game, so you wouldn't really have to carry the load. Good offensive line in front of them. Fairly young offensive line as well. Young, clever offensive coach Kyle Shanahan. The reason I wouldn't say that it's I, – I would say that it's not as high on this list is let's look at the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan's had and has had success with. Matt Ryan, who was the offensive coordinator when they went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Patriots. Does Matt Ryan remind you at all of Deshaun Watson? Not even no. a little bit. No, he's a system, you know, drop back, hit your back foot, find your reads, go through your progressions, hit it. Deshaun Watson is a – Back foot, two reads. If it's not there, scramble, then find your other reads. And then if it's not there, Keep running. run. Yeah. You know, he's more of a one read, two read. If it's not there, most likely the pocket at that point is collapsing. Mm-hmm. Get out. He still keeps his eyes up. I'll give him credit for that when he's scrambling. But he's not a he's not a system type of guy like, like Matt Ryan is. Same with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is Jimmy Garoppolo doing anything incredibly explosive or exciting? No. No. Now, he's not doing anything really off script. Kyle Shannon's offense is a very scripted um, offense from the quarterback standpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't know if it'd be a perfect fit. But good running game, good defense, clever young coach. Generally a pretty stable organization. All right. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think it'd be a really good fit. I've been talking to, you know, a couple of people, and and even they've said, yeah, I've brought up, yeah, what do you think about you know, Deshaun in Miami? And. They go, eh, I don't know. I think he'd be a better fit in, in San Fran, quite honestly. Um, and like you said, the defense is a huge part. And, yeah. and the running game, if you can take, even just for that first year, maybe even second year, so he doesn't have to carry the entire weight of a franchise like he had to do in Houston. Uh, one, he's going to, like you said, a way better coach, way better organization. Um They've got everything buttoned up there, and that's really his main concern in Houston. So you give him a really solid franchise, a really good young coach who's an absolute mastermind. I mean, Kyle yeah, I mean, is so oh, good. He's good. He's a really good coach. Um, I, I think he'd work out well. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I just think it's not as high just because I'm not sure he would get used properly. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. How about five? The Colts. The Indianapolis Colts at number five for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, I like it. I think it's a very real possibility because look, I don't think Philip Rivers will be around next year in well, Indy. I mean, I mean, he only signed a one-year deal, so unless they're re-signing him, which I'm not sure that they will, he was discussing retirement 
even before the wild card game. He's got nine kids at home. <laughs> oh my god, that's right, he does. Yeah. Aging didn't really look that great, you know. And uh, that that team really good line had a top three defense, pretty viable weapons. Jonathan Taylor's going to be a beast in the backfield. Oh yeah, absolute bell cow of a back. It seems like they're that explosive quarterback away, mm-hmm. a mobile modern quarterback away. Yep. Phil Rivers was just sitting duck. It just didn't work out. No. Um. Yeah, like behind that offensive line for the Colts. I can imagine. It's, it's generally a pretty winnable division too. Jaguars are going to be rebuilding for the next year or two. They're not going to be great off the right off the rip. No. The Texans, if Deshaun's, if they go, if he, they deal him, which I don't think they will in division, but you never know. They'd be bad because they wouldn't have Deshaun Watson anymore. And the Titans, I mean, they're good, but they're not like a juggernaut. No. You know, you're not facing Mahomes, Herbert, and Derek Carr six times a year. I mean, the Colts were competing with them this year with Philip Rivers. You add Deshaun Watson into there. And look. Boom. Yep, I agree. Um, I think the reason it's not higher on this list is five out of nine. Just because I think Frank Reich is probably, if if you're looking at the market and Carson Wentz is available, I think he would go with Carson Wentz first because, mm-hmm. you know, when Wentz was with him in uh, in Philly, Wentz was an MVP candidate, right. front runner. Yeah. So... Uh, number six on the list. We're going to go down to the Washington football team. I mean, they went seven and nine and gave Tom Brady all he can handle with Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Young's a budding superstar. I think Terry McLaurin might be one of, if not the best, wide receivers under twenty-five. He's really good, great route runner, fantastic leader. They have three really good backs. Their offensive line's not terrible. I think it's like fifth or sixth in the league, which is pretty solid. Also have a really good defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, they have, what, seven first-round picks in their front seven? Yeah. That's just insane. And they draft pretty well. Look at those first-round picks. Seem to all be pretty decent. They didn't pick all of them themselves, but um, their past picks have seemed, you know, pretty good. And, you know, they had a lot of noise coming out of their franchise, um, you know, preseason and and right when the season was getting started. But, you know, since then I haven't heard much. Uh, coming out of Washington. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach as well. Mm-hmm. And you look at what's been the recipe for Dynasty's defensive head coach, superstar quarterback. Right. Look at Brady and Belichick. So I, th- I think that that could work. I think the reason it's not higher is just because it's Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, it's Washington. Um, and let's check on their, their cap space. Uh, I mean, they they would have the cap space. Would they even with those seven first rounders on the on the front seven? They would. They are fifth in cap space. The Colts are third, Patriots are fourth, and then the Jets are second, Jags are first. Well, them boys up front on the defense aren't getting paid at all, huh? I mean, even a rookie or rookie contract's pretty, you know, pretty good. I mean, I I guess this could be higher. It's just they they're, they're not loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be a very similar situation actually to what was in um in Houston, they he would have more a little bit more stability, but I'm not I wouldn't sit here and say it's a huge talent upgrade. I think every team on the list ahead of them it'd be a talent upgrade. Colts absolutely, Niners for sure, Miami probably, probably not the Patriots, but the Steelers definitely. So you know, four out of the five teams ahead of the the Washington football team on this list have more talent. Yeah, than the football team. So I think that would be the only reason that they're not higher. Yep. Down to number seven, the New York Jets. How do you feel about them? Not bad. Like I said, they are what? I said they were second in cap space. Yeah, they're second in cap space this coming year. 
So they have the space to get Watson in his big contract. Uh, look, you're, you're looking at the division right now, and you're thinking, hmm, so the Bills have Josh Allen. Um, the Dolphins are going to have Tua or going to get another quarterback. Um, the Patriots are never a, a, an easy win. So you're looking up. The Patriots were awful this year, and they were still 7-9. and nine. Yeah. So you're looking up at the, everyone else, and you're thinking, look, we got to compete. So you've got to go out and get a piece to compete. Mm-hmm. Denzel Mims is a pretty good receiver. They just drafted him this year out of, I want to say, Baylor. Um, had a really solid rookie year. Seems like he could be could be something. And like I said, they have so much cap space. They're reworking the offensive line, and it was much improved this year. Their defense has some decent piece on it. Look, C.J. Mosley can get healthy in business. Marcus May on the back end is really solid. And they've seemed to draft pretty decent. Um, it, it's just, like I said, not a lot of talent. But I do like that they're getting a new coach, so he would just come in fresh with a new coach. Right. Wanted to learn a system or anything. You could build a system with him. Right, around him, which is what they did with Lamar in Baltimore, and that worked out really well. I agree. Okay, number eight, the Detroit Lions. This is just a broken organization. They completely wasted Matt Stafford's career, first of all. Mm -hmm. That guy might be one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play that never won anything, really. Not even a division. You know what I mean? A rocket arm, generally can move, has the accuracy, solid leader, and they've never won a division with him. And they actually went zero and sixteen with him and Megatron. Yeah. Is it? How is it even possible? That's coaching. So it's like the, this organization just seems to just not be good. That's why it's not higher on the list. But in cap space, they are middle of the pack. They're like 16th or 17th in cap space, but if you'd move off of Stafford, you would have more cap space. Mm -hmm. So you'd be a little bit in business there. And it wouldn't be crazy to say that the Texans would want to flip quarterbacks there. Obviously, the Texans would get a a multitude of picks along with Stafford, but Stafford could help bridge the gap for Houston looking for the next quarterback. Mm So it could work. It could could work. So that would free up some cap space Mm -hmm. and – you know, they're getting a new coach, so you could kind of start fresh there. We have that they are getting Joe Brady. That's what our prediction slash best fit would be. And uh, I don't think that would be crazy. Joe Brady's an offensive genius, could elevate Lamar. Oh, we'll see. Yep. And number nine, last on the list here, the Chicago Bears. The Bears are in the red in cap space. They are, uh, I think that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they are 20. Second in cap space. Yeah. So they're in the red by about a hundred thousand dollars, which isn't a lot. They're not it's not like they're, you know, the Saints who are ninety five million in the red. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are just. Yeah, they got to make a push. This or the Eagles with fifty one million in the red. But yeah, so the Bears aren't that far, and then they have a really good defense. So I like that. They just lack a lot of offensive firepower. Who knows if they're going to re-sign Allen Robinson because they really can't. They're in the red, and. The coach and GM are kind of on the hot seat. So within a year or two, Deshaun could be back to square one with a new coach, new coordinator, new GM. Yeah. And is that really what you want? I mean, he's leaving instability. Do you want to go to an organization who generally is stable but could be unstable and looking for all new pieces within a year or two? Yeah. And, I mean, that's why he's leaving Houston. I'm not sure, you know, you want to go right back into the same thing you just left. I agree. I agree. Um that's about it for for yeah. uh, 
segment one here. Yeah, that's all we have for now. But when we come back, we will have the predictions for the divisional round. And then we're going to have a little bit of NBA news and the big trade that just happened there. So don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. Yo, what's up? We are back. Second segment. The issue here on a beautiful Thursday in the burger. It's like 50 degrees out there today. Yeah, super bipolar weather here. In like mid-January. That's that's about as good as you can ask for. Yeah. Sunny. And like anything about forty, yeah. I mean, it's like a good. That's a good day. Let's keep in mind, like two days ago, like we had a high of like twenty one. Yeah, and like this coming week, it's supposed to snow. So we're enjoying the nice weather while we have it. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 pretty good. So um, I'm gonna jump into some NBA here. So I want to get to three things, and they're all in regards to the Nets and. So the Nets get James Harden a fairly blockbuster deal. He's a Probably a top ten scorer all time in the NBA. Look, well, you think he's a top ten player player in general all time? That's up for debate because he's never won a championship. He's won minimal playoff series. Hasn't necessarily been the best leader, but from a scoring standpoint, from a skilled scoring standpoint, he's a top ten scorer of all time. Well, they dealt him, and so the Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Rodion's Kurooks. I'm not really sure who that is, but Dante Exum, who's a pretty good point guard. Four unprotected first round picks. Brooklyn's 2022, 2024, and 2026 first round picks, and Milwaukee's 2022. And um, four unprotected first round pick swaps. So if they're further back and the team is further up, they can swap them in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Nets, in return, get. James Harden. So they lose a lot and just get James Harden because then they deal Karis Levert to the Pacers. And uh, the Pacers also get a second-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick from Houston. That's a lot to, to, to absorb here. That's a big trade. It's a huge trade. So let's talk about James Harden for a second. This man just whined his way out of a franchise. Let me explain to you. So he he claimed well, in the locker room there's just no talent. Really, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, no, no talent. And he's going to start ripping the front office. Here, let's let's look up 2017 Rockets roster. Yeah? Shall we? Okay. All right. How about Oh, okay. I'm thinking 2018. Sorry, sorry. 2018 Rockets roster. Just the, the Houston Rockets roster right here. How about Trevor Ariza? Yeah, pretty good pretty good player, I would say. Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, Gerald Green. Well, how about a guy by the name of oh, Chris Paul? He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Joe Johnson, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. And you're going to complain that they didn't surround you with anyone? I thought I thought they might have had the best roster, probably top five, maybe top three roster in 2018. Their starting lineup was Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, um, James Harden, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella. That's beautiful. You got defense with Ariza and Gordon. You have three point shooting with Harden and Gordon. You have a rim protector and a big guy down on the low post in Clint Capella. You have probably the best, one of the best facilitating able to run the offense point guards maybe in the history of the game him and Stockton are probably the two of the best passing you know offense orchestrating point guards ever 
And then you have yourself, who should be a prolific scorer, but you're too ball-centric to think about the team. And so you're going to complain that the front office didn't give you anything. Well, that's, that's just simply incorrect. Oh, oh, and by the way, you had an Ivy League GM. You had Mark D'Antoni, who is, from a guard standpoint, from a, from a point guard, shooting guard standpoint, he has produced the best stats for his guards of any coach in NBA history. You're a guard. It doesn't make sense. Oh, wait, by the way, they went out and got Carmelo Anthony. Or how about how about when they went out and got your best friend in Russell Westbrook? Made that work, huh? Absorbed his terrible contract because you advocated for him because he's one of your best friends. You thought you'd play well with him. What well, didn't work out, did it? So for, for James Harden to sit up here and, first of all, go to, to every gentleman's club, we'll just say gentleman's club, in the Houston area, instead of going to practice... And then when he does show up to practice, he's overweight, sluggish, disrespectful to coaches, teammates, the front office. Complete distraction, a complete not grown up. The first so then and then he then he reigns it in. The first four games of the year, he's averaging thirty seven and ten. That's a historic pace. Then the next seven games, he's had under twenty points or twenty points or less in every game. He's mailing it in. He wanted to get traded. And he's gonna complain about all this. Why? Why? And so now you want to be the man. You want to be the scorer. And then you're gonna. And then you're gonna go to somewhere where they already have two superstars on the roster. You're not gonna be the man there. You're not gonna be the man at all. KD's gonna be the man. And if Kyrie comes back, he's probably gonna be, have the ball in his hands more often because he's a facilitator. James Harden is. Th- this is basketball, though. This is basketball. They they get what they want. It is what it is. It is what it is. Now I want to talk about the Nets and Kyrie Irving and, and KD. First of all, this Nets situation is now off the rails. Even with Harden, I don't think this team can compete for a championship, and here's why. Because they have no team chemistry. None. None. You have no role players, first of all. You don't really have a great rim protector. Jared Allen was decent his first couple of years. Doesn't look like he can prove to, to actually be a, a solid center in the league. And Kevin Durant is a fantastic player, really good teammate, will play through anything. Yet Kyrie Irving has missed the last, what, six games. So he missed the the, the Capitol building thing happened. And he said he's too shaken, shooken up about it to go to work. Look, was anyone happy about it? No. Did everyone still go to work that Monday? Yeah, if you have a regular job, you Thank can't you. just like call in and be like, yeah, I'm not coming in. Go to work. The Nets are paying you uber amounts of money. They're they're banking on you to be a superstar. Go to work. Do your job. Do what you're getting paid to do. And then if it really did bug you that much, then don't be maybe, you know, 15 minutes before tip-off one game, be on a TV show. How about that? Or how about instead of at the game, literally during the game, you're going to be at your sister's birthday party, unmasked during a pandemic, which is a clear violation of the NBA COVID-19 protocols. And he's now going to be suspended for a week because of it. With like a hundred other people. Clearly you weren't too broken up about about the issues at, at hand. Go to work, play basketball. And now this brings me to my third point with the Nets. Can you believe Kevin Durant left Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, 
to go to Brooklyn? To go to Brooklyn. He left the best coach in the NBA right now. Left probably the best point guard currently in the NBA right now. I would say the best catch-and-shoot player and one of the best two-way players in Klay Thompson can get a bucket, get a stop. Draymond Green, who is probably a top-five defensive player and is a great role player, can actually facilitate the ball from the four position, can actually even play to the five, play a center position. And they had a top pick, and they got James Wiseman. So let's 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 think about their theoretical starting five right now. If Ke- if Kevin Durant would have stayed, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson didn't expect him to get hurt, but it would have been Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, James Wiseman, and Draymond Green. You'd have Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins coming off the bench. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins was a number one overall pick or number two, I think maybe. Kelly Oubre is an, is is a budding. Not star, but a a really solid B to a B plus player. And you're gonna leave all that for Kyrie Irving, who couldn't make it work in Boston with four other All Stars and a Hall of Fame coach, and couldn't make it. He wanted to leave Cleveland, couldn't get along with LeBron James. LeBron makes everybody work. LeBron took something by the name of something something Ilgalskis to the finals. <laughs> You couldn't make that work because you wanted to be the man. Then you went to be the man in, in Boston, and, well, that went down the can, and you never won a playoff series there. And so Katie looked at this hot mess of an organization who's never won a playoff series, actually won one playoff series, never won the finals, never really has ever been considered a title contender ever. And you pick them and a flaky Kyrie instead of the best teammate and the best point guard in the league right now, the best two-way player in the league, maybe minus Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, probably the third best two-way player, a top two pick, the best coach in the NBA, and a top five defensive player, and a top five front office. You left all that for a mess? That'd be like Patrick Mahomes saying, Andy Reid, probably top three coach right now. Tyreek Hill, probably top three wide receiver, maybe five at worst. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league right now. Hmm, pretty good offensive line. Tyron Matthew on the back end. Stability in the front office. They're paying me a lot of money. No, you know what? The Jets just seem like a way better option to me. <laughs> Everyone would be like, no, dude, no, no. I'm pretty sure his wife or fiance now, I think, right? Or fiance, not wife yet, would step in and be like, dude, I'm not marrying you if you go to the Jets. <laughs> like, seriously. There would be so many people that would be like, nope, 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 nope. Katie's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Jets. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the Nets, similar. It's a comparison. He's like, I'm going to go to the Nets. And everyone's like, go win your title on your own, man. Um, no one really cares where you get your titles. At the end of the day, if you get, well, first of all, he had two titles. He would probably would have won a third or fourth or maybe even fifth if he stays in Golden State. No one cares who you want him with. Nobody. You think anyone's going to fault LeBron for having Anthony Davis on his team? You think anyone's going to fault him for having Wade and Bosch? No. No one cares. Kevin Durant, you screwed up. And the whole Nets situation screwed up. The whole thing. The whole basketball culture, the Nets, KD, it's all its all a mess. And that's why I can't watch NBA basketball. I like to follow the stories because it's a great story league. And uh, I, I can't watch it, though, until the playoff time. Because those are when the really good teams are in. But I can't deal with these messes like Houston and 
James Harden and the Nets. Can't do it. Yeah. Terrible. So let's get into our predictions for Sunday then, and Saturday and Sunday in the NFL divisional Ooh. round. Definitely uh, more exciting than the NBA. Let's tell, I'm tell you that right now. Yeah, uh, I am pretty excited to see some of these matchups. Um, you know, starting with, I think every game could go either way. Like, there's not a single game here where I'd be like shocked if the other team won. I would say maybe LA over Green Bay, or like if Cleveland would beat Kansas City, but. <clears throat> Even then, though, like seriously, think about right now. A freak turnover like happened in the Steeler game. Cleveland gets up, forced one three and out. Say they forced one three and out all game, and it's the first drive for Kansas City, and then they turn around and score. Boom, fourteen nothing in the first quarter. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Freak turnover, and you you get one stop on defense, and right. then from there they just run the football. Keep Mahomes watching the football game instead of playing it. Like, would it really? It, doesn't sound that crazy. No, the only thing I think that you know is not going to happen is I don't think Mahomes will throw four picks like uh, like Ben did. That'll probably be yeah. You're not wrong. You know, but you take, um, you take away those four interceptions, it's a different game. That's true. That's true. When you take away the, the Marquise Pouncey just snapping it into oblivion, right? Uh, they had a lot of things that fell their way, uh, but we will get into all these picks now. So where do you want to start? Let's start with LA. Actually, we'll start with the. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with L.A. and Green Bay. Okay. So, uh, Green Bay is a 6.5-point favorite at Lambeau. 13-3 Packers hosting the 10-6 and Rams. Um, the over-under is 46. So, hmm, I personally took Green Bay minus 6.5. You said, which I think is the most popular pick here, you said L.A. plus 6.5 to cover that spread. Yeah. Tell me why you think that. Uh, L.A. has a, a really solid defense. You saw what they were able to do to Russell Wilson and and the Seahawks. They played them hard. And look, the Seahawks have had a really good offense all season long. They have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, uh, a really good offensive, decent offensive line for the most part. Yeah, not not terrible. They were improved. They did fire the offensive coordinator though. So a couple of weapons. So look, what they were able to do to Seattle. I just, I think Green Bay wins this game. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't like that six and a half. I don't like it at all because, I mean, even, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but look, that L.A. defense, I just don't think that they get that big of a lead. I think they play this game hard. I think this is a close game. It's a divisional round. You know, uh, they're going to come out, and I say a three-point game, three- to four-point game. I think my issue and why I took Green Bay minus six-and-a-half is Aaron Donald's banged up. He has a cartilage contusion, I want to say, in his ribs, which is borderline worse than a broken rib because that the cartilage allows your, your ribs to to kind of flex and move with your body as it gets hit and kind of contours, you know, um, which hurts borderline even worse than, than a cracked rib. It's hard to even move when that happens, and so he's not going to be 100%, and I'm not sure you have to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. You have to. With Aaron Donald not 100%, I'm not sure they make him uncomfortable enough. And on the flip side of it, Green Bay's pass rush has become has come on really strong in the last six weeks or so. The last like six-ish weeks, they've had, I want to say, a top five pass rush with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Jared Goff, if he starts, the way to, the way to his, his issue is make him uncomfortable. Make Jared Goff uncomfortable. 
And John Wolford, if he's young, which he is, he's only started one game. Well, two games. He got hurt, though, in the Seattle game. He's really played in one NFL game. And if you disguise some blitzes to him, you can make him uncomfortable quickly. And so it's not as much of a thing as the, the L.A. defense. I'm worried about it. it's their offense that I think it could get ugly. Um, if I had to predict the score, I'm going to go 24-13 Green Bay. Okay. What do you think the score is? Mm, I'd give it like a... It's going to be in cold Lambo too. So. Yeah. I'll go 28 Mm, 28-23 Green Bay. 28-23 Green Bay? Okay. All right, we'll see. So you're taking, that would be the over. I'm taking the under. Over-under is 46. Yeah, over. Okay, all right. Um, how about staying in that Saturday window? Buffalo hosting Baltimore. This is the game of the weekend right here, I think. This is going to be really exciting. I, I'm, well, first of all, it's the closest spread. Buffalo fair by two and a half. We both like Buffalo minus two and a half. The thing that did this game is scary, though. This game is scary. Oh, if you're betting and you're putting money on this, I would not put money on this game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, Baltimore's such a good team. They can run the ball. They've run the ball for over 200 yards, and I want to say like four out of the last five games, mm-hmm. which is impressive. And Buffalo doesn't really have that great of a run defense. Jonathan Taylor had a good game against them. Yeah. Um. It does worry me a little bit. I just think Josh Allen is really good. I think Sean McDermott's really good. And um, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I do like the Bills, and I like them to cover that two and a half. I think this is a bloodbath of a game, though. Big hits, big, a lot of turnovers. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be uh, the over-under is 49.5. I'll take the under. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be a very defensive game, Especially I feel like. Especially in Buffalo. I'm going to go with a 26-20 game. Buffalo wins. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 24-21 Buffalo. 24-21 Buffalo. Okay. Um, all right. How about Tampa Bay at New Orleans? Sunday at 6.40. New Orleans is a three-point favorite. You like New Orleans, the minus the three. What do you think? The, why? why? Uh, well, you know, you look at what happened to them last time. There was a 38-3 to win there, uh, New Orleans over Tampa. And, look, Tampa's still, the, their defense isn't, it's, hasn't fully recovered. Not at all. Uh, and you're going up against a Drew Brees offense, and this is probably going to be the final showdown between these two guys. Um, and I like... I like Drew Brees all day. One, the Saints have the way better defense right now. I feel like the Saints have a more high-powered offense, and I just don't see this one being all that close. I honestly like. I like New it's Orleans. Super dumb. So it's, weather's not a factor. I like New Orleans by by a touchdown. Give me your score here. Let's see. Um, I'll go. I'm gonna go thirty-two. 3225. 3224. 3224. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go. So I, I like Tampa Bay, the plus three. I think Tampa Bay wins this game. I think it's a very similar. It's a Tom Brady effect thing, right? I think the issue with um, the Saints' offense is that they don't go over the top much. And I think Tampa Bay is getting increasingly healthy underneath. They're getting Devin White back, Levante David's becoming increasingly healthy. 
their slot guy is getting healthy. I don't even remember his name, but I know he's coming back. Um, so underneath, I don't think is the problem. And Tim and Norms doesn't really go over the top, which is kind of the weakness of the Tampa Bay defense because they're a high pressure, high blitz um, type of defense, and so they tend to get beat over the top, which I don't think that's really a worry for New Orleans against New Orleans' offense. And um, I just think it's – and then on the flip side, it's a Tom Brady effect. Antonio Brown is playing really well. Mike Evans is playing well. Chris Godwin, they're all in sync. The offense is in sync. Leonard Fournette ran really, really well last week against a good front, too. It's not like it was a cheap – you know, it wasn't a cheap 198-yard game or something like that. Mm-hmm. He ran the football well. So I like what Tampa Bay is doing on offense. What's your score? Mm. I think it's going to have to be a shootout type of game, I think. I think Tampa Bay's defense gets one more stop than New Orleans does. I'm going to go... Hmm. This is tough for me. This is tough. I'm going to go 37-33, Tampa Bay. Okay. Um... I mean, definitely, definitely could happen. I like these games, like you said when we started the segment. I mean, they could go either way this week. That's how the playoffs should be, though. Yep, playoffs are different than regular season for a reason. Yep. All right, how about let's get into Cleveland at Kansas City. We both took Cleveland to cover that ten. Cleveland's a ten-point underdog for a team that controls the line of scrimmage, controls time of possession, better in the red zone. Generally, is better turnover margin wise. That's a big spread for a team like that. That's a college spread. That's that a, that's an Alabama ten, Ohio State spread. Ten for a team in Cleveland who has two fantastic running backs playing really well. And let's not forget that you know Kansas City hasn't won a blowout game in ten weeks. They haven't won by double digits by yeah you're right ten or eleven weeks. Yeah. In and, three in almost in two and a half months they haven't won a game easily if that makes sense and by 10 or more i think mahomes is coming off with three weeks of not playing yep and he's had f- five turnovers in his last four games yeah so he's not exactly playing his best month of football here it's in kc though so that's a little bit of a factor it could be cold could be snowing and i think they do allow fans in kc as well i think so and uh look i think i just think cleveland runs the football controls the line of scrimmage i don't think they win I think it's like a, a four-point game. I think it, I think it's close. I, yeah. I'm going to go with 35-31 yeah. Kansas City. I would probably go about the same. I'll probably go 37-30, 35-31 30, Okay. It's going to be really I close. Like, I like the over on 57 just because yeah. – these are two Both offenses can score. Oh, yeah. And especially with that Cleveland running game. Come on now. Yeah. And I think Mahomes, when he has the ball, is going to score most of the most of his possessions just because Cleveland doesn't have a great defense, and I concede that. But I, I think uh, I think 10 is an insane spread for this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's at max a touchdown game. Um, so I'm very interested to watch. Every single one of these games are going to be so good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great weekend of football, and that is just about all we have for you yeah, guys today. Yeah, just to wrap it up here, we got I, I took Green Bay minus 6.5. You took L.A. plus 6.5. We both took Buffalo minus 2.5. Um, I took Tampa plus 3. You took New Orleans minus 3, and we both took Cleveland plus 10. Yep. Um, so, 
Look, guys, going to be a very exciting weekend of football. Make sure you watch. Make sure you enjoy. And uh, we'll see you guys back here next week yep. to discuss how everything worked out. So, guys, go to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. And then go on to our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. No underscores or anything in the Twitter handle. So, guys, thank you for hanging out. That was the issue.